are listening to On The Topic. And this week, Alex, I'm perusing through my 80s looking job application forms. I'm Dan. And, well, I'm grooming horses and learning to drive, and I'm Alex. And, um, well, this week, Dan, we are going back to, I guess, the 1970s, 1980s vibe, but not with Stranger Things. Nope. The final season of Sex Education. And if people want to listen to our previous reviews of seasons two and three, they are in the catalogue somewhere. I can tell you. Can I did you? some research. Go on. I know, I'm doing it down. Uh, Sex Education Season 2 review, we did it on the 28th of February 2020. Just before COVID, I remember that. And that was uh, in our the weekly roundup days. Yep. Just before, I guess, that came to uh, a close. And then um, sometime later, we did The Rise of the Groth. Aptly titled after this season. 22nd of October 2021. Blimey, it's been that long. It's been a long time. I guess, obviously, with, with COVID in the middle um, and the rest of it, yeah, it's been another couple of years. But yes, season four, Dan. Season four. Yes, um, we've arrived to the final season. We have. And that's a bit, that's a bit sad, actually, when they said they were going to finish and wrap it up, because I thought it was maybe a bit too soon. Mm. But after the end of this, do we still think it's a bit too soon? I guess we shall find out in just a little bit. Yes. Before we kick things off, Alex. Yes, Dan, tell me. Got some listener stuff first. Oh. Um, so I'm going to sandwich this. So we can start things off. We had... So it's not a shit sandwich. No. no. Uh, so we had a comment from Symphonics Orchestra, who's based in Southsea. They Why? said, ooh, we're not up to date with it yet. So we should probably say, pause it here. Because we need to ring the spoiler klaxon. Okay. I'm dusting it off. Here we go. So you now have been warned. Our friends at the orchestra and everyone else. But um, as we said before, we've done film reviews. It's a good point, actually. I wasn't going to do a spoiler klaxon, but I guess that's how you fare. Um, Do come back. So go watch it. Take your time. Enjoy it. Savour it. It's the Mm. last season. There's no more. But then come back and actually see whether you feel the same. And if you don't, even if this is weeks or months or even years later, get in contact with us. Because actually our listeners very recently have done too. Yes. And they've said, well, not too sure if we agree. I think um, uh, Lewis. Lewis, who wasn't quite happy with my uh, assessment of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We've had comments and exchanges in in a in a positive and constructive way hopefully um and we've had people who have uh, you know since come come back after several episodes so yeah um interested to hear your thoughts eventually when you do get to watching the final season of netflix's jewel which is sex education yes but otherwise if you're still here should you get into it? Let's crack it on. Uh, so well, crack it on. Crack it on. Let's get it on. Oh, no, actually. <laughs> Maybe not. No. Oh, boy, this has got awkward. No. Um, <laughs> can cut the sexual tension with a knife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started yet. Jesus. No. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, the colour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally, though, it's on, it's on point, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Uh, let's kick things off with the snops. You can see the colour of him, guys. He's got I've bright red. I've got red. I don't know if it's the laughter or if I'm just blushing. He loves it. Go on. 
Uh, there are monumental changes ahead for Otis and everyone around him in the fourth and final season of Sex Education. Following the closure of Mordale Secondary, students are culture-shocked at their new school, Cavendish Sixth Form College. Even more so than Mordale, Cavendish is an incredibly progressive environment that prioritises things like sustainability and daily yoga in the communal garden. It even has a popular clique who are held in high regard simply because they're kind, which is quite unlike the previous seasons. Mm. Uh, with a new and unfamiliar setting also comes some new faces. Now, I've got a question for you. In fact, I'll ask it now as opposed to switching. <clears throat> Do you think you would enjoy somewhere like Mordell if you went to... No, Cavendish, sorry. If you went to Cavendish, Mordell's the old one. Do you think you could enjoy a Cavendish if you went there with Dan? If you take your way all the way back to 16, 17 in the final years of education, do you think you could do a Cavendish today? Oh, I don't know if I could. Because I think we're both of a generation where it's very regimented. Yes. Very formal, very structured education. Um, Whereas Cavendish is painted as quite a, a, a liberal kind of forward-thinking establishment. Mm. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I uh, like the concept. I'm sure there are places yeah. like that that exist, but mm. I'm not quite sure I'd, I'd flourish in that environment. I mean, I went to South Downs College, top of the hill, um, from Portsmouth, I guess, uh, just a little bit up the road. And, I mean... Was that a Mordell or was that a Cavendish? So I suppose it was like the best of both, really. Okay. And we were sort of very cultured. Everyone <clears> was doing something different. You, know, you had the arty-farty people. You had the musicians. You had the people that wanted to study law. Um, travel people that, you know, studied... Um, what's the old aeroplane people do? Oh. Um, yeah, like... Uh, uh, Air hostess, isn't Yeah, that's not quite the turn, is it? No, probably the wrong. I'm not doing it any justice. No. But, yeah, and then I sort of think about my my course. It was very regimented. You know, mm. it, was, it was always well-structured. I don't know. If, I suppose I like to have that structure in my life, to I know what I'm doing and when I'm going to do it. Would you like a slide in your, your college? Taking a slide from the top floor to the bottom? Uh, wow, didn't really have anything like that No South Downs Quite cool I mean, suppose the music blocks were just Ground floor blocks That's it That is nothing it. exciting really mm. What about you? Cavendish? <sighs> More down, mate Yeah, I'm used to the old stuffy Traditional hallways I think I'd, I wouldn't know my place in the Cavendish But I like the concept um, <clears throat> Such education I just want to add on to this. If people haven't seen it, I mean, I'm not quite sure why you want to listen to a season four review, but hey, that's that's cool. Listen to us. I'm not judging. We like the streams. We like the listens. And please do subscribe. But if you haven't seen it before or it's been a while, it's got a particular vibe to it that I can't really put my finger on. You know, the, the whole yeah. um, aesthetic. And it's just been described as a unique visual language and aesthetics, which I don't know what the hell that, that means, but apparently which employs American teen culture tropes into a British setting, which I think I kind of recognise. Kind of get it, yeah. Um, apparently it's inspired by the filmography of John Hughes and the teen comedies of the 80s. The series incorporates several elements, motifs and designs evocative of those films, 
and American team media in general, such as students idling around lockers, non-uniform school dress codes, and students sporting Letterman jackets. So it's a bit of um, kind of an American cultural Americana vibe, mm. but in the UK kind of sensibilities. And it is a bit jarring, I guess, when you first kind of watch the, the first and second seasons. But I guess by now it's just second nature, isn't it? It's expected. It's, um, someone sort of summed it up on uh, social media. It's It wouldn't be what it is without what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, the, the it's old, a unique identity. The old decor, the old cars from like the late 80s, 90s. But then they're going around mobile phones and touchscreen you know, gadgets and all that stuff. Yeah. It's such a weird blend of everything. But yet it works. Yeah, it does. Mm. Uh, so a little bit about the cast. We've got Asa Butterfield as Otis, Gillian yep. Anderson as Jean, Emma Mackey as Maeve, and Kuti Gatwa as Eric, Connor Swindles as Adam, Mimi Keane as Ruby, Amy Lewood as Amy, hmm. George Robinson as Isaac, Kadar Williams Sterling as Jackson, Thadea Graham as Sarah Owen or O, uh, Dua Salah as Cal, Chenaney Azudu. Christ, I don't know if I've done that justice, but that's nothing unusual here on the topic. Mm. As Viv, Dan Levy as Thomas Malloy, Alistair Petrie as Michael Groff, Samantha Spiro as Maureen Groff. This is one of my favourites. Jack Gleason as Dirty Mo. Who? Jack Gleason, um, thingy from Game of Thrones, the most hated character. He's in it. Yeah, do you notice him? Dodgy Mo, the moustache. No. What? Yeah. Alex doesn't. I'm you didn't. To... You didn't recognise Joffrey. No. Oh my boy. No. Yeah. Wow. He was Dodgy Mo. Dodgy Mo. Uh, and Lisa McGrillis as Joanna, and Alex is just furiously um, typing away on Google. Fuck off! It is. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a drug dealer. It is. Yeah. No way. Because um, at the end of Game of Thrones, actually, we talked about this when we did our we did a season season review. Uh, we did. No, we didn't. Just touched on that. Um, disappointing endings and finales. I think it probably made. Yeah. Um, he said he was going to give up acting. Did he? Yeah, because he said he didn't like how the general populace received him because he he was so well written and he so he acted it so well that he was getting hate hate on the street. Jesus. We can't get give him hate anymore. Wow. He's just like a, a goofy drug dealer in no this. No way. Wow. That's blown his mind. That has ladies and gentlemen. Great. I mean if 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 you don't take anything else away from this episode listener, um you have got um one of the world's most hated evil characters playing a goofy drug dealer. Yeah. That's amazing. He's quite lovable in this, which is very unusual. What, for a drug dealer or for him? Uh, well, as a drug dealer. Yeah. He's just far too nice. Very laid back. Maybe he's the kind of drug dealer that give you freebies. Yeah, maybe. Mm. The best kind. So we should probably kick off going to the episodes. Yes, let's There's do it. a lot to talk about. So episode one, uh, Maeve is in the US studying creative writing with the charismatic but narcissistic Mr. Malloy, while trying to make her long-distance relationship with Otis work. After sending him a nude photo, Otis takes photos to send in response, but loses his nerve and does not reply to Maeve's frustration. 
Otis, Eric, Amy, Jackson, Cal, Viv and Ruby arrive at their new school, Cavendish College, and find that it is unexpectedly progressive with students who are friendly, inclusive and environmentally aware. Uh, they meet the most popular students on campus, Abby, Aisha and Roman, known as the Coven. Uh, Michael has begun substitute teaching at the college, but struggles to fit in, as does Ruby, while Eric is delighted to make friends with the Coven. Uh, Isaac also enrols at Cavendish with the hope of going to university and obtaining a teaching degree. Ax- Amy accidentally offends him with an able normative comment. Mm. It's very awkward. It is. But she's so innocent, and I don't think she quite realises that she's offended him. No. Nope. It's just, it's just, just Amy, isn't it? And we sort of. She hasn't got a bad bone in her body. No. Mm. Uh, Otis attempts to restart his clinic, but it's dismayed to discover that Cavendish already has a popular sex student sex therapist called O. Uh, he tries to promote his clinic in a presentation to the school, but a technical mishap results in his naked photos being projected oh, on the presentation screen. It's that, really grim. Isn't it was it? savage. Bless him. A little bit of sausage on the. Uh, Never hurt anyone. Oh. Cal has recently begun taking testosterone and struggles with an increased sex drive. Um, but Otis reassures them. Um, bit of an awkward moment, actually. Cal gets a bit excited at the uh, pictures of the sausage. Yeah, gets a bit hot under the collar. It does. Uh, Adam has chosen not to continue his education and, spurred on by his mother, decides to begin an apprenticeship on a nearby farm working with horses but there is a scene Alex where he's on the sofa he's flicking through these job leaflets and they literally do look like something they've been taking out of the 80s or the 90s I know the, it was really odd the design and the um, the commitment to that aesthetic is just phenomenal hmm. as you say it's just like they're just pulled it from a time capsule it's great uh, meanwhile Jean is trying to adjust to life as a single parent after breaking up with Jacob over the fact that he was not Joy's father. Was that ever actually revealed in the end of season three? I can't really remember. It says it's a couple of years ago now. Um yeah, so I think she said, Yeah, you're not you're not the father, but she wouldn't say what. And I'm probably giving a little bit too much away here, but they kind of shoehorned that in, of course, in the mm. final scene of the season. But it, it kind of felt a bit random. Because it's it supposed to have taken place between season two and three, this <clears throat> fling. Because it wasn't yeah. a fair. She wasn't cheating, I don't think. I no, think she, 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 she was like men over, didn't she? And yeah, because she, she was off. She was off. She wasn't with Jacob, and she was seeing other people. And then she was, and that's when she realised she was pregnant. I mean, I'd be much like Jacob. I think if I was in this situation, I'd be a bit gutted, a bit disappointed. Mm. Especially after you made that lovely treehouse. Oh, it's pretty awful. I think I could probably do better. I've never done one before. <laughs> Can we try and make one soon? Um, I haven't got a tree. Mm, yeah, neither have I, but I'm sure we could find one. you got one outside your house. Yeah, a little one. We'll do that. We'll make one for the pigeons. Yeah. Isn't that not a bird box? Not a... Close enough. Okay. We'll make a big enough one. We get lots of pigeons down uh, my road. Yeah. Uh, so Jean gets a new job hosting a call-in radio show but Otis worries that she does not have the time or energy to make it work because let's be honest she's suffering from postnatal depression but doesn't know it doesn't know it yet yeah Eric's mother wants him to be baptised 
and he reluctantly agrees to consider it. Otis and Maeve make up and have phone sex. Nice. Cue the end of episode one. Episode two. Uh, Jackson is engaged in a casual sexual relationship with a woman named Annabelle who unexpectedly stimulates his prostate. That's a cheeky finger up the bum for Mm -hmm. anyone who uh, is unfamiliar. Causing Jackson to question his sexuality. Uh, Another one of those weird, awkward, jizzy moments. Oh, yeah. Goes everywhere. Well-known sex education for awkward jizzy moments. Taking back to season three, was it? Start of season three, where uh, Otis is uh, in the car. Oh, yeah, gross. Literally the first scene. <laughs> and he's jacking off in the car and his mum turns up and he, he ends up spewing on the window. <laughs> oh, it's gross. Oh. But I think this, this series, though, has kind of lost that edge. Mm. That was in the first, second, third series. Like, you don't have those moments in this. No. No, not really. It sort of was a bit more serious, wasn't it? Sombre. Uh, Otis's clinic continues to struggle in the face of O's overwhelming popularity. So he tries to counsel the popular Roman and Abby who have been having relationship troubles. Mm. He succeeds in bringing the couple closer together and students start to come to Otis for advice. Give them advice and they will come. Indeed. Well, literally and figuratively. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Very clever. Thank you. Uh, Owen Otis agree that both of their clinics cannot prosper at the same time. So they agree to run a student-led election to decide whose clinic can remain. Uh, Juggling her new job and caring for Joy at the same time is too much for Jean. So Otis asks Joanna... Jean's troubled and irresponsible sister to a sister Homer, and she is very much irresponsible. She is yeah. horrendous with money. She's a car crash. I mean, she spends what two hundred quid was it on that stupid face mask? Yep. You want one, though, don't you? Uh, well, I mean, what's it going to do for me, Alex? What's what's it going to bring to my uh, my skin? I don't know, mate. Make you look more 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 useful. Will it get rid of the wrinkles on my forehead? I don't think anything can. Wow. But your face tells a story. Thank you. Is that what they say? Yeah. Should I buy one? Get a bit of moisturiser? Yeah. That Is that what you do? I don't know. I'll have to ask Jean's sister. Mm. Uh, Maeve and Otis's relationship is once again tested by Otis's jealousy of one of Maeve's classmates, not realising they are homosexual. Dolp. Adam learns that he needs to know how to drive for his apprenticeship and overcomes his fear of horses with the help of his boss, Jem. From very early on, I just got the impression that these two were going to get together. I agree. And again, I we'll probably talk about this more at the end, but I don't feel like they explored this enough. No. Yeah, let's talk about it at the end, but I agree. Mm. Yeah. Eric attends a baptism information session at his church, but is still unsure if he wants to proceed. Uh, Michael makes an effort to reconnect with Maureen and Adam by having dinner with them, but inadvertently belittles Adam's apprenticeship. I mean, bless him. He's really trying. Yeah. He is really trying to sort of make amends and... Coming out of season three, he's really on this kind of whole redemption arc still. Yeah. And he's um, he's working very hard. It's good that it wasn't just okay and everything was good again after season three they're no. still exploring it and they were sort of still drawing it out mm. which is really good 
but yeah, bless him. He is really trying, and um, you know, he's trying to connect with Adam probably for the first time in in his life. I agree. Uh, Annabelle mentions a lump on one of Jackson's testicles. Again, this arc sort of really comes out of nowhere. This story like, storyline. I mean, from an educational point of view, I mean, we it's really brilliant. should be yeah checking our testicles at least once a month and boobs. Uh, and men should be touching their boobs. No, no, no. That's all about traditional ladies' boobs. Oh yeah, yeah. But boobs as well. Moobs and boobs. Check them all out, guys. Men can get lumps in their movies too. Can they? They can. I guess they are glands that don't traditionally work. Mm. So yeah, men, make sure you, you check your boobies too, or yep. movies. Or maybe you don't have either of those and you've got proper pecs and you can do that weird like juggling oh, thing. <laughs> I, know what, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Uh, Amy makes up with Isaac and bonds with him over their respective trauma and appreciation for art. It's quite nice, actually. It is. It's quite touching. Uh, Maeve admits to Otis that she might have a chance of obtaining an internship with her teacher, which would extend her absence indefinitely. Otis is crushed by this, and they both decide they need some space. After O's engaging campaign video goes viral around the college, Otis enlists Ruby, his ex-girlfriend, as his campaign manager is that wise no but then I think she needed something to do in this series if she was going to stick around yeah clearly the rest of the cast didn't make it so um, she made the cut but what's she going to do Michael apologises to Adam and offers to give him driving lessons which Adam accepts very wholesome which I think he's very big of him actually yeah because he could have still turned around and said no dad do one but he didn't nope Episode 3. So uh, it starts with a flashback where we see an 11-year-old Ruby struggling to fit in with her peers and is bullied mercilessly. Mm. Uh, She attends a summer camp where she makes a new friend called Sarah. Later that night, Ruby wets the bed. Sarah gives her clean pyjamas and hides the soiled bedsheets. Sarah later betrays Ruby and tells everyone at the camp. Now, little do we know... Until a bit later on, we find out Sarah is actually O. There you go. Spoiler alert there. But you've already had the klaxon. You have. You've been warned. Eric and Otis are planning to attend a gay club night in town. Have been to a gay club night? I haven't. And I think I've I've missed out. Obviously, there's nothing stopping me from going. No. But um, I've never been. And apparently, they're great nights. So, yeah, so I've heard. I feel like I'm missing out as well now. Maybe we should put on the to-do list. Maybe we should. Okay. Otis spends the afternoon with Ruby, working on his therapist campaign with her father. She's quite awkward. It's a bit awkward, but it's quite... Wholesome. Wholesome at the same Mm. time. Because he gets the whole uh, dad spiel from him and, you know, you hurt my daughter. But then I think the father also then comes around to also liking Otis as well because he, he is... Uh, hopeless in every single aspect of the term but lovable yeah for sure um, I think he sees through Uh, Eric is invited to Roman's house to get ready with the coven instead Um, Adam has his first driving lesson with his father which starts out poorly but the two open up to each other afterwards because is this the episode where they have the picnic 
on the car? No. Or is that a bit later on? No, it's a little bit later on. This one's when in the car park and he doesn't teach him how to stop. Oh, he and goes into the lamppost. Lamp yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. If you don't tell him what the pedals do, he's going to fucking drive into it. It's not his fault. He does the... I don't know if it's this episode again. He does the left and right thing as well a he bit does. later on. Yeah. We all know about the left and right. That's one of the first things I got taught when I learned how to drive. Dan's holding up his hands, which um would be quite disastrous if you're driving and you're like, hang on a minute, I've got, I've got to take my hands off the steering wheel <laughs> to work out what he's left and right. Um, but he does do it, bless him. Yeah. Uh, Isaac helps Amy with her art projects and the two nearly kiss. Uh, Viv invites a classmate to hers... Bo to a study session at a house but is dismayed when Bo brings an obnoxious friend mm. I didn't like Bo he's no. horrible I mean I, always, I thought it was a bit of a wrong one from the outset anyway yeah he's very clingy yeah uh, Jackson gets his test call lump checked by a doctor but realises that he doesn't know his family medical history from his sperm donor father's side uh, Eric bonds with the coven and tells Otis that he does not need to come to the club. Uh, upset, Otis is comforted by Ruby and learns that O is Sarah. <clears throat> he decides to stay at Ruby's where they gossip and fall asleep in the same bed. They don't do anything, they just fall asleep. Innocent, but he shouldn't have really put himself in that situation. No, agreed. Uh, after Bo's friend leaves, Viv and Bo have a little kiss. A little smooch. The coven... Eric and Cal attend the club night where Eric takes ecstasy and hooks up with a boy from his church. As you do. But to me, it's quite unlike Eric to just go, oh yeah, I'll take an ecstasy. Yeah, I agree. It's a little bit of a a directional change, a shift for that character who <clears throat> is actually quite sensible. Yes, he's carefree and you could say, well, he's finding himself in this new environment. Uh, it's not new, but in this environment with some new friends but I just think I think you're right it just felt a bit because when they were offering it I, I was like I oh, know he'll say no yeah that's what I thought that's what he would do and perhaps they, they're they making the point saying actually that's that's the old that's the old Eric and now he would mm. I don't know but you're right I, I was like oh really it's that's just, interesting just a bit out of character for me uh, Cal and Aisha get close before Cal learns that Aisha is already in a relationship. Maeve's writing is harshly critiqued by Malloy, who tells her that she may not be cut out to be a writer, and he awards the internship to Maeve's roommate, Ellen. Maeve is informed that her mother has overdosed and is in hospital. She departs America immediately and returns home. She does. Don't actually see the mum in this uh, season. She No, she's not in it. Cut from the cast, probably, or just I don't know. Which would would she have been needed? That's the thing. I'm not sure if she'd add anything to it, um, and she probably would have cost more money to be in like a couple of scenes. So yeah, given that we've already got a whole array of new cast anyway, and the whole last season was pretty much her anyway. No, hmm. was it season two? Season two wasn't it? Yeah, season two it was mainly her. And then she cropped up again in three. She was sort of flitting in and out. Yeah. But I don't think she really adds much, so... I think that's, that storyline was done. Yeah. Episode four. Michael goes on a date with a fellow Cavendish teacher, but has troubles performing. Which is really awkward. It is. She's a bit of a sex fiend, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, God. I think she would have eaten him up for breakfast and spat him out for dinner. And everyone else. She yeah. was scary, man. 
Or um, a great time, depending on your perspective. I went on a date with someone like that once, very early on. An older woman? No, she was the same age. Um, however, I didn't have that experience. She did, and I remember the second date, she was talking about all these things. I was like, well, you've just freaked me out. Bye. Wow. It's fucking terrifying. No, it is. Really is terrifying. I, I can't really relate, but if we go back to, again, I told the story before, young Alex at the age of 11, 12 years old, uh, quite innocent. Mm. Um, they just found hair gel. That's how innocent I was. Um, and this girl took a particular liking to me. Uh, and she'd, she'd had boyfriends before, and she was on the other occasion smoking and she had a bit of a, a different background to mine uh, which I had a, I've, I've had a very fortunate background um, and her sadly not so much and and I found that exciting and interesting and different but yet she was like oh yeah can we kiss now I'm like I don't know how to kiss I'm only like 11 and a half 12 years old yeah. and and she I think she'd I think she was sexually active or had been in some form or fashion at that point. Uh, and you, although slightly different than... Same for me, I was like, I'm really uncomfortable because mm. I'm outside my depth. I don't know... I'm pretty sure I shouldn't be doing stuff. I don't know what to do. And also, I don't know how to say no. So Cullen just, like, ran away from her. It's scary, isn't it? It really is. And unless, unless you can have that conversation... Um, where you you level with one another, and I guess the whole season is about kind of talking to each other and understanding where people are at and trying to find that common ground. You're you're never gonna get that that comfort between people. But in my experience, I don't know about yours, Dan, but I was only like I was very young. I was a little very bit older. Young. I would have been about nineteen. But still, you know, like you're. Yeah, technically, legally, you're an adult, but mm. don't about you, Dan. But I knew fuck all at eighteen. I thought I knew everything. You know, going off to university, jobs and stuff. But in reality, you know, absolute bugger all. Probably you haven't had the same experience. You wouldn't have had the same experience as everyone else. So yeah, I can imagine it's still quite daunting to have that person mm. kind of talk about. You know, at a more mature age. Yeah. Any holes of goal? <laughs> You're like, which one? That's all there's only one. It's in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Not the ear then. No. Uh, Jean's radio show is not going very well, as she is often distracted, overly clinical or boring. Uh, She asks Joanna to help with caring for Joy, but Joanna is focused on her new boyfriend, Dan. That's not me, by the way. Uh, Amy and Otis accompany Maeve to the hospital to visit her mother. Where Amy and Otis actually stay in the car and have quite a wholesome um, they do. interaction. They do, and they don't. They haven't really spoken, I guess, in more recent times. So it's quite nice to see those two characters cross paths because usually it's with one characters with the other, with with Maeve. So it's either Otis turns up and Amy goes, or Amy's there and or she turns up and Otis goes. And it's never they're always past each other so it's yeah. quite nice to actually have a purposeful maybe that's why they've done it kind of purposeful scene because they both have that shared interest uh, of Maeve um, and where she's starting to talk about you know her own feelings and issues with um, fancying oh, what should we call it whilst also kind of trying to investigate her love of the art and photography and what it means to Isaac her. Isaac um, 
and it is really an interesting one and that's she she knows obviously what she's going to get from Otis and good advice and she seeks it so no it's, it, I think this whole episode is just fucking savage mm. like it's so heartbreaking like for the for the kids to find out about um, Ellen was it yeah passing away <clears throat> and then Maeve just basically like I'm just going to sit here and do a crossword yeah and and people grieve in, in different ways and obviously that was the start of her grieving like not really kind of processing that uh, and I don't know how I'd be in that situation but you, you you felt everything in that episode and it's very heavy yeah. for the right reasons for the right reasons it's supposed to be heavy um, but it was a tough one to watch yeah agreed you, you see every single character be affected by by her mother's passing even if they directly didn't know her and it was, it was quite an interesting episode to kind of kind of watch and unfurl yeah, uh, Bo is jealous of Viv's friendship with Jackson, but after she assures him they are just friends, Bo asks Viv to be his girlfriend. She's just such a controlling, manipulative, nasty sod. We well, ends up being an absolute. See you next Tuesday. I'm surprised someone doesn't didn't spark him out. To be honest, mm. in this entire season, I thought, I thought Jackson would have given him a good kicking, but he always does, <clears throat> does the bigger thing, doesn't he? Rises above mm. it. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good egg. Uh, Maeve meets her brother Sean at the hospital where of course they've learnt that their mother has died Sean departs quickly while Maeve fixates on fix on finishing this crossword in the waiting room mm. again as you mentioned uh, O organises a live campaign debate between herself and Otis while Ruby tries to keep Otis clients away from O in Otis's absence so she's doing a good deed there she is O is hired as Jean's guest co-host in an attempt to enliven the radio show which is quite fascinating because they actually do bounce off of each other. It kind of works. It does kind of work. Although we don't really... Again, this is another thing that they didn't really explore and they could have really dived into that. Yeah, we only see maybe a couple of minutes at, at both mm-hmm. at best. But I think their their characters could have quite well complemented one another. For sure. Uh, Eric helps out at a soup kitchen run by his church and starts seeing biblical signs seemingly leading him towards being baptised. Michael gets advice from Gene and O on his love life, so he calls in. He does. And realises that he still loves Maureen. Because Maureen's listening. She is listening. She's listening to the fucking radio programme, so he's, he's pouring his heart out. Her and Gene are like best buds now. They are. Uh, he goes to her house and they kiss passionately. They do. I'm pretty sure they do more than that. They're kissing passionately in other places, I'm sure. <laughs> this is really on point for this episode, it is. isn't it? Uh, Ruby continuously updates Otis on the campaign throughout the day, but he ignores her communications. Being a bit of a dick. It is a bit of a shit move. I mean, I know there's lots going on, but... Could you just not text and say, look, sorry, I'm stuck in a car with Amy. Maeve's mum is in hostel. We don't quite know what's going on. Just communicate. Yeah. He's led her he's invariably led her along he didn't have to hmm. naughty uh, and finally to wrap off this episode Maeve emerges from the hospital and has a sleepover with Amy and Otis at her foster mother's house yeah. so again quite a nice way to wrap up after what's essentially a really heavy episode it is uh, episode 5 Maeve asks Otis on their first official date to which Otis accepts but is reluctant because of Maeve's grief which is understandable it is 
Maeve goes with Sean to make arrangements for their mother's funeral. Sean's such a dick. Just such a dick. Yeah. Uh, Joanna accompanies Jean to a doctor's appointment to check up on Joy. Uh, now, the doctor is worried that Jean may be experiencing postnatal depression, but Jean refuses medication, arguing that she got through depression when she divorced when she divorced Remy, who is uh, Otis's dad. Yeah. Again, don't really see any of him or Not any mention of him. Season two. Yeah. Season two. I yeah. think you're probably right. I might have to go back and re- just revisit sex. I think at some point, yeah, at some point we probably will too. Uh, it's one of those ones that you need to give it maybe a couple of years, and then we haven't got anything to watch. Maybe during the summer months, just yeah. binge it all. Revisit this in the future. Just do an overhaul of just a general thoughts. It's a good shout. We just do whatever we want on the OTT. Yeah, we are shooting from the hip, hard and fast. <laughs> That's the way we like it. Jackson re- resolves to find out who his father is, but he decides not to tell his mother's. Probably one of those conversations you probably should have. Yeah. Uh, Otis is racked of guilt over sleeping in the same bed as Ruby, and Amy wants to talk to Maeve about her feelings for Isaac. But of course, they're both reluctant to bring up these issues because of Maeve's emotional state. It's understandable. Otis and O have a debate. O accuses Otis of espousing views similar to those of his misogynist father, while Otis elicits confessions from several students that O goes to them when their relationships got serious. Finally, O admits that she is asexual, apologises for her poor judgement and clearly wins the debate. Yeah, he thought he was onto a home run there and she yeah. managed to turn it around. Low blowed it <clears throat> and it went in her favour. Yeah, spectacularly went wrong. Jean's producer hires O as a permanent co-host. Uh, Adam settles in at his job and starts to bond with... Midnight, the horse. Yes, yes. One, I was. I was looking at the name. I was like, Midnight. Who's Midnight? That's, Midnight. That's not Jem. No, Midnight is one of the horses on the farm. Amy tells Maeve about Isaac, but Maeve asks to defer the conversation. Understandable, but Amy's doing the right thing. Is it though? No, she she's doing the right thing. I think, although I understand why, in the context of what's just happened. I don't think Maeve had any right to say, and obviously she goes back on this later on, mm. but I don't think she had any right there to go, no, you stay away from him. She has, yeah. she has, she has no affiliation with him. They may be uh, acquaintances. All right, it might be a bit awkward, but she at that point she had no reason to say no. No, exactly. Maybe but I understand, sense. you know, she's probably not thinking straight and it is a little bit odd to get your head around. Mm. So... You can figure it. The church's soup kitchen is losing its funding and Eric convinces Abby to pledge the proceeds of the upcoming Cavendish fundraiser to the programme. Maeve and Otis go on their first date, which is crashed by Joanna, who, after being stood up by Dan, gets drunk with Maeve and gets them kicked out of the cinema. Do you know what? I actually felt quite angry about Joanna. Oh, so cringy. We've talked about it before, what grinds our gears and... When we've been to cinema and people have looked at their phones or they've been shouting or they've been mm. throwing popcorn, we've seen it and we know what those people are like. So it's like, fuck off, Joanna, go away. <laughs> it's like, I know you're ruining a film. So yeah, I, I was I was well Human. up, bang up for them getting ejected. It's just so cringy I felt as well. bad for Otis. Yeah. Guilty by association. I'd be pissed off if that was my auntie. Is she a cool auntie? 
Is she cool auntie, so? Yeah. No. No, she's not she. No, nah, she would do Aiden. She's a dick. Just too OTT for me. Yeah. Over the top, not on the topic. No. Uh, Aisha tells Cal that she is in a polyamorous relationship and they also go on a date. Uh, Maeve notice trespass on the old Mordale campus and start to have sex in the drained swimming pool. Mm. Uh, they stop when Otis says that he spent the night with Ruby and the police arrive. Yep. Uh, Jean is called to the campus to pick up Otis and meet Maeve for the first time. Which is mind-blowing given how many episodes have passed in time. That is the first time they meet. I mean, yeah. it's a perfect time to do it, you know, in, in a comedic fashion and when it all comes together. But yeah, just... I sat there and was like, really? Is that the first? It is the first time. Because mm. all he talks about her. But yeah, they've never met. And also that's not without Maven Otis clashing heads and uh, causing a bit of... Yes. Bit of bruising. Indeed. Bit of black eye. Episode six. <clears throat> now this is a really heavy one. But it I have is. two unsung heroes for this episode. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, so on the day of Maeve's mother's funeral, Eric starts to have a confusing dream about God and his conflict about being baptised. Uh, having continued to ignore Ruby since their night together, Otis contacts her. She quits as his campaign manager and leaves in tears. Mm. Poor you've, Ruby. You've led her on, Lois. Yes. You're a tool. Amy agrees to not date Isaac after Maeve tells her that it would make her uncomfortable. It's a good egg, but still. Uh, Jem is impressed with Adam's work on the farm and asks him to teach some children's classes by himself. Bit of trust there. Yeah. It's nice. Jean admits to Joanna that Dan is Joy's father. Joanna, in turn, admits that she is in massive debt. Oh. As we mentioned before, she is reckless for her money. She is. Aisha and Cal hook up in a Cavendish bathroom, but Cal becomes very upset after they get on their period that's such a weird way to word that isn't it after they get on their period does mm. that make sense I guess so or maybe look I just took my notes from wiki yeah but there you go hey hey despite being on testosterone yes uh, Maeve and Amy go on go to the funeral parlour where they learn that Sean has not arrived with the flowers fucking useless you had one job yeah, it's quite an important job. one as well. Maeve calls Otis and asks him and Eric to find Sean. So Otis and Eric have a massive fight en route. Eric feels that Otis doesn't fully understand the importance of his connection with the coven, while Otis feels that he has been cast aside. Just a little bit of jealousy, isn't it, between friends? A bit of miscommunication. And, you know, maybe... Yeah, so that's probably a good way of putting it. A bit of miscommunication. Yeah. Maybe Otis doesn't quite understand what Eric's currently going through. Nope. It happens. It does. Maeve comes to terms with the fact that no one will attend her mother's funeral, but Amy has invited Adam, Jackson, Viv, Bo, Isaac, Joe, Jeffrey, Miss Sands, and Mr. Hendricks. Can I take a punt that Mr. Hendricks is going to be one of your unsung heroes? Fucking too right. Awesome. So isn't it? great. It's so good. Uh, Short arrives and gives a mean spirited and painfully honest eulogy. 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 Um, which results in Maeve kicking him out and giving her own impromptu eulogy instead. Which is, again, is, is honest and is raw, but it's also quite. Um, I don't know. Like, 
Whereas Sean's is just she's a bitch, glad she's dead. Yeah. Effectively. Maeve's like, yeah, she she wasn't fantastic mum, but she did all these nice things for us and she tried her best in spite of the fact that she had some challenges. Yeah. And that's a really kind of touching way to look at that kind of character because whether you, you're in Maeve's situation or you've heard of that situation or perhaps you know people who are in that situation, you can kind of recognise those aspects of, of, of that individual or that character and it's very raw. Yeah. Very raw. Well, actually, I've highlighted Isaac is also an unsung, unsung hero here because after Sean's eulogy, Maeve disappears and doesn't come back for a little while. True. No one bothers to get up and go and find her. Nope. But Isaac goes out there in his wheelchair. If they quietly... Finds her in a hearse, just curled up. up. And fair play to him, he got her back in there. He did. Exactly where you'd, you'd expect to find her, I guess. Yeah. It's very, very Maeve Wiley. Mr Hendricks plays Erin's favourite song on the piano and leads everyone in a heartfelt rendition. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it was a bit of a tearjerker. Oh, I agree. I think I had a bit of a tear resting on the lower lower eyelid. Got a bit misty-eyed. Yeah. For sure. Cracking, though. Do you think he actually sung that? He, he can sing. I think it? they did, yeah. Bloody brilliant. So good. Eric counsels Adam on the importance of self-love. And again, this is a really nice, wholesome moment. You know, they sit together at the funeral. This is probably the yeah. first time they've seen each other since... What, breaking up at breaking the end up of... Breaking up season three. Mid-season three, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just very nice. They it sort is. of acknowledge each other and, like, yeah. Of all, of all, I think, the mishaps and missteps this season has had, I think it, it nicely rounded off that relationship arc. Yeah. In that, in that set of scenes. I think, I think out of all this, Adam has come off the best in the last two seasons. Yeah, and he gets the ultimate payoff, and it is a lovely scene between those two characters. Which is mad because you think back to season one, he was just a horrible bully at Mordell, absolute bastard, tromboner, and now it's yeah, just brilliant, brilliant. Such a good way to sort of bring his a, a redemption arc, I suppose. Yeah. Otis and Eric agree that they need some space from each other. Well, Maeve forgives Otis and decides not to return to America. Adam goes to his father's house to discuss the funeral, but realises that his parents have been sleeping together without his knowledge. Oh. He gets angry. He departs. Uh, Jackson is cleared of cancer, thank God. Good. Uh, the radio show continues to succeed with Owen and Jean working together until Ruby calls in accuses her of being a bully Drops and the publicly posts a video of the bedwetting incident oh boy mm. Maeve and Otis again try to have sex but are foiled by Otis having, Otis having a panic attack seemingly triggered by Jean's post-divorce depression it's very complicated isn't it mm, it does and that's where we wrap things up and on to episode 7 where we see in a flashback Jean witnessing her mother's boyfriend making sexual advances towards a 12 year old Joanna mm. it's horrible it is it's, it's grim it's I was watching it and I had my I I, I, I felt really uncomfortable like you know this guy mm. is like he's being a predator and I was like oh no I'd like a lump in my throat like this is horrible like yeah. what's going to happen like and I think it's inferred that something did happen but you're like she's powerless and yeah it's, it's a horrible scene I mean 
these things do happen sadly and I think they handled it at least I think from my perspective very well and very thoughtfully but still wow what an opener really uncomfortable let's say this this season seems to lose a lot of its humour and yeah. They do put a lot of this uncomfortable and Which is interesting one because I think in the past seasons they have tackled really tough <clears throat> subject matter. I think this is why this, the, the 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 series and the concept has worked so well because we we talked about before because we've yeah. we've enjoyed it. We've we've learned as well. Some things perhaps even we haven't known about in our slightly older years. So <clears throat> there is that aspect there, but they've always managed to have like a a funny or light-hearted kind of way of portraying that. This series just is brutal, mm. and it's it's very raw and it's it's very exposed, and there's very little comedy around it. It's quite emotionally challenging as well, I'd say. And not that you can dress this particular scenario up in comedy, and I think they handled it perfectly, as I say. Well, not perfectly, but you know, understand like yeah. properly. Again, as far as I can understand, not thankfully not going through that experience. But it's just another one of those subject matters which is very, very heavy mm. and it's not offset by any kind of comedy. No. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it is quite a stark departure from the prior seasons. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, tough start to the episode. Mm. Uh, the radio show was put on hiatus in the wake of Ruby's complaint against O, but Jean decides to quit to focus on being a mother. She offers Joanna money to repay her debts, but accompanies the money with a detailed contract dictating how Joanna needs to behave going forward. Oh, a question. Hmm. Do you think that's unreasonable? Um. Or, or would would you say no? Have the money. There's no. There's no conditions. Probably do the latter, but I wouldn't detail a contract telling them how to behave going forward do you know what yeah. I mean yeah it's almost you holding would... holding them accountable forever and a day isn't it I mean she's a sex counsellor can she not counsel her sister into being a bit more sensible just be like look you've been a dick you're reckless with money you just need learn to from it and... rein it in and yeah. learn from your mistakes just to have that heart up but yeah a, a contract's just a bit awkward it's a bit step too far uh, Maeve and Otis agree to have dinner with Jean so that she can get to know Maeve. Uh, Ruby decides working with Connor, an ex-Mordale student who has decided to run as a third therapist candidate. Wasn't he like the sex king? I think he was, wasn't he? He was the sex king, if I recall, in season three. Uh, Jackson discovers that the Mordale sperm bank has no record of him. Hmm. Uh, Bo accuses Viv of flirting with another student and begins exhibiting emotionally coercive behaviour, culminating in him grabbing her wrist tightly and refusing to let go. He is a massive dick. And how no one has sparked him out yet mm. still baffles me. I was kind of hoping Jackson would have like sparked him. You know? Yeah. I think it's... I think that... We'll talk about this no doubt in a couple of moments, like how the storylines and how much they managed to cram in here. I think it's good though that they have added this in because I mm. think people don't quite realise if they're in those relationships, but they know something's not quite right. And I think again, these are one of the one of the instances that this season kind of educates people about looking for those red flags. Yeah, 
uh, and perhaps it might be quite innocuous but actually it's not right and it's not okay and you should stand up to it and I think I think it's good that they're they're bringing that to life because people do sadly go through those those experiences but think there's nothing wrong with it or they think Mm. it's normal or they don't recognize it so um i think they did i think they did really well in tackling quite a difficult and really complex subject yeah Uh, the students prepare for a mock exam but otis and o become trapped in a lift have been stuck in a lift or are you one of those fortunate people not yet touch wood i try to avoid lifts unless i really have to Mm. I think I was scared of them as a as a child. My um my mum, as I was growing up, was uh, she she lived in different flats, and she was house sitting flat sitting yeah. for in a really nice flat. I cannot even begin to describe to you listening down how nice it was in um just around the corner from um, Harrods in London. Oh yes, lovely. So if you go down the main stretch of Harrods, as you go um, south west out of the city um one of the rows off lovely kind of big white with the pillars on and they're yeah. all flats and all houses some of them are houses and multi multi-million pounds but a lot of them are flats and she had a ground floor flat she was looking after um and you could get the lift down but i always said to mum i don't want to get the flat i want to walk the stairs so it's fine it's only like two flights yeah into the basement um but i think it all stemmed from um watching an episode of Casualty oh boy and that programme on BBC Guys and Girls in the UK um, for a good I think like 15 or 18 years it was running or something it's still going isn't it is it I think so okay even longer then Um, and the whole premise is a hospital and some unlikely events would occur Uh, sometimes not not really graphic but something quite gruesome sometimes um and I think I'd seen an episode where some people were trapped in a in a lift or a lift had collapsed or something and mm. they had to get them out and it was all quite gory. Uh, and I, I was very young. I think about was very old. I think about six years old, five, six. And clearly that had a, a traumatic impact upon me. Retrospectively, I probably shouldn't have been watching Casualty at that age. Um, and yeah, I hated lifts. Yeah. Well, it wasn't until I was much older that I didn't mind taking them. But if I can, I still try to take the stairs. I always take the stairs away. Get your steps in. For sure. It's a bit of exercise, gets the heart going. You've got to burn off those calories, right? Yeah. I avoid the lift at work. Um, a lot of them are quite old in the uh, oh, right, yeah. offices. So you don't want to be stuck in there. I just take the stairs, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the third floor, but whenever I go into work and out of the offices, it's lower ground floor. So essentially it's four flights of stairs. Oh. But it's all good. It's a good way to burn the old uh, bit of the belly off. Yeah. Uh, the malfunctioning lift prevents Isaac from reaching the exam room. He and Amy set off the fire alarm and block the stairs, forcing the campus to have a frank discussion about accessibility for disabled people. It's a really fair, a fair scene actually. I, yeah. I quite enjoyed the debate. I think it it made me think again. Another good example of this this, this series as a whole it just makes you stop and think. Actually, yeah, it is shit. And people don't think like that, and they, mm. perhaps they should. Adam is asked by an impatient delivery man to move a tractor on the farm. It's not his fault. And he accidentally flattens a fence. Bless him. Angering Jim. Uh, Jean and Joanna have a fight about their respective troubles, and Joanna leaves angrily. I mean, I would See if I'd been given a contract and some money. Yeah. Well, yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, I'd still take the check and run. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maeve arrives at the Millburn house for dinner, but Otis is still trapped in the lift where he mends fences somewhat with O. Dope. Uh, Maeve and Jean open up to each other and Maeve admits that Malloy's criticism is the main reason she has chosen to stay in Moordale. Adam expects to be dismissed from the farm, but when Jem bemusedly tells him that he isn't being fired, he confronts Michael about his perception that Michael hates him. So he's almost like taking the anger and redirected it at his dad. Yeah. Uh, Jackson finds a love letter in his mother's desk from a named man, Jerome. Oh. Uh, whom he suspects to be his father. Could this have been fleshed out over the season, I've put in my notes, as I mentioned earlier? Yep. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit shortly. Uh, Bo c- continues to bombard Viv with messages and Jackson comforts her. A good friend. Yes, definitely. I'm surprised those two didn't get together in this entire season. Mm-hmm. Entire seasons. Yeah. Uh, after a delayed dinner with Jean, Maeve and Otis talk in his bedroom. Maeve wants to return to America indefinitely and continue her studies after the conversation with Jean. Uh, the two confess they their love for each other and finally have sex there you go knowing that they cannot be together oh. it's quite horrible it's sad but equally it's like out of their system isn't it again literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah. yeah what a wordsmith Dan yeah oh you're you're really turning on the charm this this evening turning on everything about me <laughs> if you rewind uh, 56 minutes uh, episode 8 um, oh blimey I didn't break up my notes for this one but it's all good we've got this uh, after telling Amy and Isaac they should pursue their feelings for each other Maeve scatters her mother's ashes and goes back to America or scatters it as much as she throws it up into the air now um, at some point no doubt I'm probably going to have to end up doing this but if I was to throw ashes I don't think I'd throw it above my head no even if there was a gust of wind, but she does. Um, foolhardy, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a particular technique to when you do something like that, and you can't. It's not something you can really fuck up, is it? No. Anyway. It's just going all over the place. Thankfully for her, <laughs> it carries on in the wind. Uh, Amy can't bring herself to be intimate with Isaac. Uh, Otis angrily criticizes Jean for encouraging Maeve to return to America. We'll talk about that shortly. Mm. O posts an apology video and later apologises to Ruby. Well, eventually. Of course, yeah. she kind of has to. Uh, Michael apologises to Adam and they hug. Very nice. Mm. Uh, Michael then takes the horse riding class at the farm that Adam is teaching. Uh, Adam becomes more accepting of his parents getting back together and comes out to Jem, who he asks, oh, who asks him out on a date. I thought it was the other way around. No, she does ask him. Yeah. She's like, oh, do you want to go for dinner? Oh, he's all sort of very open, honest with her as well. He, he has this frank conversation. Then, says, look, I'm bisexual. It kind of feels forced. Because after someone kind of says that to you, unless you, there's a, a, a kind of a clear kind of indication that there's something, she's like, okay, cool. Anyway, do you want to go for dinner? And it, it just felt a bit odd. This is what I mean. They didn't really flesh out the story. They had plenty of time to do it over eight episodes. I agree. But they don't. 
I don't. All they had was him bundling his his way through the apprenticeship and <clears throat> apparently make you know lucking out and getting someone who who you know sees him for who he is is someone who's trying hard. But I never got that sense that I don't know. Mm. There was enough there for her to ignore the fact that he's in a quite a vulnerable situation and says, "Yeah, anyway, boring. Do you want to go for dinner?" Yeah. It's effectively what she did. I don't know. Pretty much, yeah. I just thought it was a bit heavy-handed on her, mm. personally. But anyway. But again, I, I don't feel like they did that part of Adam's story any justice. I agree. They could have explored that more, I think, over, yeah. over the eight episodes. Yeah. Um, Eric decides to get baptised, but learns that the church will not accept the fundraiser money because they disagree with the school's values. He leaves realising that the church will not accept him. Very sad. Uh, Jack Jackson tracks down Jerome and finds out he never wanted anything to do anything to do with him. He literally opens up the door, Hi, I'm your son, door slams on his face. Don't come back. Which is I think it's lazy writing. Oh, it's poor. Again, something that they could have easily explored a little bit more across eight episodes. Mm. But they've shoehorned it all into an hour and a half episode. Yep, exactly. Uh, he's comforted by his mothers and Viv. Uh, Cal's body dysmorphia has escalated to the point where they run away from home and the Cavendish students band together to find them. Uh, Eric has another faith dream which leads him to Cal and both he and Jackson convince Cal that they are valued and important. It's a lovely scene, actually. It really is. Yeah. But yes, they find them on... Sort of like a cliff edge in the in the valleys. Yep. Um, I guess it's inferring that they might be considering something, but they never really vocalise it. Um, but it's just, it's just a touching scene, you know, like how they are valued and people do enjoy their company, and um, it's just it's just a, a lovely scene. But also, I guess how these storylines figuratively also have taken those characters away from Cal and how they've been forgotten yeah and actually you can do it in real life as well where you get so you know caught up in your own head that actually you forget others need that support too and again there's a very good moral behind that story but uh, yeah it's um, it's a lovely moment it really is if not a little bit odd with the whole kind of colourful fish and the the god that's kind of weird I liked it I thought it was funny mm-hmm. if not a little bit odd yeah Aisha convinces the students that the fundraiser should support Cal's top surgery very nice mm. uh, empowered by her friends Viv ends her abusive relationship with Bo do one Bo get in the sea uh, Amy uses her photography as a way to overcome her trauma taking a series of photos of her wearing the jeans she was wearing when she was assaulted it's almost like closure, isn't it? For it is, yeah. Re- again, a really good moment. She then sets them on fire at the bus stop and dances. So again, there's that closure moment. It's almost like... Um, I suppose it's quite symbolic. I think it definitely is. She's held onto those jeans for... What was it? Two seasons? No, it must be a season. Season, yeah. Yeah, and then she bins them off, burns them, and has a little dance. All good. Which again, for this character, is quite a nice rounding off yeah. of that storyline. At the election, Ruby and Otis advocate for the students to give O a second chance. 
After this show of solidarity and forgiveness, Ruby is invited to hang out with the Coven and she informs Otis that she cannot be friends with him anymore. Which is fair play. Is it? Yeah. He's led her on. Yeah, he has. Yeah, fair. Oh, I wouldn't want to be with someone like that. No. That's led me on. No, indeed. Uh, a confident and empowered Jean returns to the radio show. Joanna calls in and talks openly about her assault, which has affected her life. That a touching scene, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, to which point she decides to stay with Jean and Otis. Jean invites Dan over to tell him that Joy is his daughter. I don't really see it, but that's kind of what's implied. Yeah. I, I can't say, though, at that stage now of the series overall that actually adds anything no but I guess you've got to really because up until that point it's the elephant in the room really is Maeve gets a call from a publisher interested in her writing which was provided to them by Ellen who has decided she does not want the internship as you do Maeve confronts Malloy about almost making her abandon her studies due to his negative approach and implores him to understand the power that his words hold over students. And you know what? I've been in that position. Uh, when I first went to college, I did ASR. I was sat in a room with my fellow peers. My student, my, my student, my teacher came over, looked at my piece of work, went, that's a fail, pushed it away, and off he buggers to speak to his favourites. No way. Mm. And it really does put you off. I mean, I went whole hall and uh, just went, do you know what? I'm not going to do art anymore. I'm going to go do music. Fuck this. So I failed my AS levels and decided to do music the following year. And where I thrived because I had the, the lecturers yeah. to really push and drive me and educate me. But yeah, it's horrible. It's not a nice position to be in. What a bastard. Yeah. Fuck you, Tim. I remember your name. Hmm. It's sad though, isn't it? Because mm. these people should be nurturing that interest. Because I, I do believe that everyone can build on those skills if they've got the drive and determination and the passion. So much like Malloy to go, no, you shit or you never amount to much. It's sad, Dan, that you had that experience. That I'm mm. pretty sure that teachers like that also still exist like that today. It's just, it is a shame. But I think the way she, and I, I think I commented on this as it was happening, I think she tackled it very well. It wasn't from a place of, you're a bastard, Malloy. Yeah. It was, you need to be really careful about where you come across because I was about to not return. It's very and mature. It really is, but also he's very measured. And in the writing, he was taken aback by that. <clears throat> now, I think actually they could have done more with that character. But besides, I think I think that was a Maeve moment and I think they got got that part right mm. um, yeah good scene yeah uh, Otis apologises to Eric as they repair their friendship Eric informs Otis that he wants to become a pastor to help the church be more inclusive uh, Otis returns home and makes up with Jean and admits that he is heartbroken by the fact that he and Maeve cannot be together again I've sort of found myself in a very similar situation um so my first year as girlfriend, we both went to university. I, I mean, this isn't America to England, do you know what I mean? But this is still long distance. I was in Plymouth, she was in London, it just wasn't going to work. Yep. That's it. We 
were quite amicable about it. I was obviously heartbroken, but just got to carry on. Well, the same, Dan. Mm. My again, my first serious girlfriend um, was in Croydon. Again, not that far, ninety miles from Portsmouth. Um, but for the same reasons, she wanted to go out and she made new friends at a new job, and but yet every weekend it was me travelling up or her coming down, and she couldn't do that, and she didn't want to, and we were on different paths. I didn't know at the time, and obviously you know, young Alex was was quite heartbroken as you would be. Self reflection, but probably for the best. Yeah, for sure. But yes, it's definitely something, again, a good theme that I think they dealt with relatively quite well about how difficult it is that you recognise that situation, but you're also like, yeah, it's probably for the best. Yeah, It's not easy, doesn't make it nice, but yeah, powerful stuff. Uh, So Gene encourages him to feel the pain rather than ignore it. Pardon me. Otis finds a note that Maeve left behind in which she thanks him for cracking open her heart and because she will never close herself off to emotions again, she will always carry up a part of him with her. He's looking out the window, and the drone floats away from that lovely house. Yeah, you notice the drone shot. It's always the drone shot. Funnily enough, that house is up for sale, and it's going for about half a million. One and a half know, million? One and a half, yeah. But have you seen the inside photos? It I mean, the, stunning. The outside's beautiful. The inside, I mean, obviously, it's just a set just mm. it's just a set obviously that you see but yeah the inside's beautiful it's immaculate stunning I think it's worth more than that personally yeah so it's, in the, it's in the valleys of, of Wales from it's very I'm... unique it's on the border yes uh, talking of fun facts actually uh, one of Jean's uh, cardigans was t- knitted by Tom Daly it was I, I did see that so yeah a couple of fun facts there just to round that off on episode 8 mm. so we should probably talk about our likes and dislikes Alex yeah oh <laughs> Uh, so likes I feel like Maeve deserved her ending she was always too independent because you know we sort of learned that her upbringing was obviously quite challenging with her mother Uh but she had to do a lot of things for herself so I think for her to stay in Mordell would have probably done her character a bit of a dirty no I agree Uh, to put Otis and Ruby back together at the end would have also been shit because you're essentially shitting on the Otis and Maeve arc of them finally getting together. Thoughts? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, the Groffs. I liked yes. that again that this was again drawn out over season four and it's you only really start to see things become good in the final episode. And I think for me that this is again for second season <clears throat> and for the second time and final time the most well written set of character arcs because you're right mm. they could have easily gone ah oh, the best buds now at the end of or in the middle of season four but they're, they're still kind of awkwardly trying to work out their relationship and the years of not seeing eye to eye and and then actively working on that relationship and I I I agree that they you saw the grassroots of that relationship and I think for it to be any further would have been disservice to everything they've done in the last mm. two series. But yet they continued that and it's still awkward and it's still weird and it's still difficult because it is, you know, with a parent and perhaps one you don't see eye to eye to. So um, that for me was my most favourite part of this, this season. Yeah, because I mean, it's what a tumultuous three seasons. 
Oh, yeah, most definitely. Especially for those two. There's a really good moment as well where Adam sort of lays into Michael and he's like, why don't you start being a teacher and just do something that you love? And of course, Spurs Michael goes off to do cooking, which we see in season three where he's staying with his brother. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he enjoys cooking, he loves it. It's a passion. He goes into the college one day and he's got all this food that he's made and prepared. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's really a wholesome it's moment. probably the first time Michael sort of really takes something on board, really, from that interaction with his son. No, indeed. But I'd say overall, the Groffs, their character arc is probably the best of the entire four seasons. In fact, I'd, I'd dare it, I'd say they probably steal the show mm. at this point. Whereas, you know, season one, season two was going to be Otis and Maeve. I'm almost going out on a limb and say season three and four is actually the Groffs. Yeah. I don't know, if people disagree, that's fine. By all means, um, you know, write in, let us know. But I also don't have a problem with that. I think I think if it is, that's brilliant because they've nailed it. For sure. Anything to add on to, on to likes? No. No. On to dislikes. There's too many for me on this one. Uh, I've only got a short paragraph. Um, I didn't want to be too negative. But I'm interested to hear what your thoughts I think, are. I think the term could be constructive, but I, I do hear you. Uh, I'm not sure the new characters were necessary. But there was so much more to explore with the current set of characters that you've built up over three seasons. I'm not sure that they really brought much more in season four to those stories. And they're, I think they're quite... They're very complex subject matter anyway, so... I wonder whether they have tried to introduce very difficult and challenging storylines, as you say, at the detriment of those already well-established characters. Yeah. Um, It's not to say they shouldn't have done it. I just think, personally for me, I think this season was too rusted, too much. I think they should have done still another Mordale and closed off the old characters and had done one more final season with that new cast. Yeah, I, th- I think good shout. I think those storylines had a place, but I don't think it should have been at the detriment to three seasons worth of cat development and mm. backstories. And I think they did. I think the timing was wrong. I think the right storylines and perhaps the, the the right content and it educated it does educate people. I found it educational. You know, we probably talked about this before in previous episodes. You know, we're of the generation where we want to try and understand it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not like our parents or our grandparents <clears throat> that don't want anything God, no. to do with it. Um, but of course, you've got your own son who's just going to grow up with it and just it'll be nothing. He'll know no different, which is going to be fantastic. Um, but I think for me, they squeezed way too much into this this series, and I think. It should have really been a season five. Yeah. And then they could have had a, a proper spotlight instead of, I think, feeling like they were squeezed into it. Yeah. A lot of people complained and said those characters didn't bring anything. Um, they did. They brought an educational yeah, I think that aspect for us. Which is, which definitely. is good. But I feel like they took a lot of the light away from the characters that just yeah. needed that final fleshing out to... 
really do their story arcs a bit more justice. Yeah, I agree. So trying to find the right words for that was quite challenging. And it's difficult subject matter. And I think for those, all those reasons and more, I think it's good that it's sparking conversation and debate because there's not often a programme that does that. And that's why I think, again, it is such a great series because it, it you don't just on the surface accept the storylines. You actually deep dive and you reflect and you think about and, and you challenge. Mm. Um, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Any other dislikes for you, Alex? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. Uh-oh. I'm not sure if I should be reeling it off. I mean, yeah, overall, um, I think they crammed too much in. The pace was was ramped up in the main, uh, and I think they they got rid of half the cast. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think there's still some <coughs> stories to be told, um, for me at least anyway, um, from Mordell. Um, I think... For me, at the beginning of um, of the series, we meet Maeve's teacher. What was mm. he called again? Malloy. Malloy. Now, he's played by quite a famous actor. Yes. Um, whilst you're Googling that down, that'd be much appreciated because um, I haven't got the cast list in front of me. Um, I, I was wondering what kind of direction they're going in, whether he'd, he'd be a, a predatory kind of character where he preys on you know young impressionable minds and that's going to be a really tough tough difficult storyline for Maeve in a foreign country and wanting to impress but that he's abusing that role and maybe that's where my dark mind went to <laughs> um, but instead it was quite a I think a really wasted opportunity in the writing. I think it was quite lazy for what actually I know him to be a really talented actor. He ended up being really wooden, a wooden, disgruntled, dismayed professor. And they do fucking exist because I was taught by some of them. But it didn't come across particularly well in this program because I just knew he had the acting chops. Dan Levy, he was in Shit's Creek. And he's really good. He's funny. Um, and he's quirky and he's intelligent and yeah you could say his acting range but I just it was really rubbish writing I hope he got his paycheck and I hope he enjoyed it because I think he he didn't have to work very hard for it at all nah Um, so I think that one was was a missed opportunity Um, Ruby made the cut so she was part of a clique who clearly weren't invited back for for right or the wrong reasons but did she really have a part to play just on her own now in this season in the new school I don't think she did no and I wonder whether she only made it because people perhaps warmed up to her at the end of season 3 when she got with Otis and they were like okay she's a fan favourite we'll have her back but it, she kind of admittedly again even in the storyline she was like I don't really have a home but yeah I don't feel like they did it did her any justice I think no. she, I think it was enough for her to, oddly for me to say to go through that redemption arc at the end of three I think we even yeah. talked about that in the last episode so for them to expand that relationship with Otis I, it didn't do anything and I, I was left myself wondering well why is she here now it's just sad yeah which then leads me to the overall tone of the of the, of the series I was missing a lot of laughs there were some cringe moments and I was yeah. hiding behind the cushion and I had a couple of 
tears welling up in the eyes at, at the, all the, the crap moments and there was bits that I learned about and I was educated on and challenged my thinking but there was not that much light relief no and it's supposed to be kind of, I think in my notes I put um, a dramedy a drama comedy yeah there's a lot of drama not, not a lot of comedy um Jean, I think she had a bit of a shit time. Yeah. Now, I, I, I think to... And this is not to kind of, again, to put myself in a poor light, um, but to relegate her as just a mum, just... was just a mum and struggling to kind of come to terms with um, what is quite a serious condition and, and, and shouldn't be, you know... If anyone shouldn't feel any shame on it because it, it, it is a common place to have postnatal depression. I kind of felt like they, they lost a lot of her her wisdom as a character mm. you know she she was almost like the guiding light for a lot of those 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 cast members who were darkening her doors and she'd send them off and they'd be spirited and and going off in a new direction uh, you know with a spring in their step it was all very deflated i understand why and you can't have that jovial character with that condition and i think it was as far as i can understand pretty well portrayed but again I kind of felt like they did her dirty yeah for sure but they I don't know I don't know how they could have managed it any better and that's not my job I'm just saying I think they lost a lot in in Jean's character and Gillian Anderson's brilliant so I think she did she did great what she got I just think they kind of lost I lost mm. a bit of the spark but again the whole point she has got depression I understand that guys I know but uh, it's just it, it, it lost something there for me yeah. Um, Jackson. Yeah. Can we just take a moment to talk about Jackson, Dan? If I was that actor, I would be absolutely fucking livid. Fuming. You you start with everything in season one. Quite rightly, you get your comeuppance. <laughs> he gets a reality check. Season two ends up becoming a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah. Season three, he starts to have different relationships and starts to investigate, you know his own sexuality and how he perceives the world around him and does it all centre around him and and he flourishes. Season four, he's lost everything. Yep. And he's relegated to a fucking paternity test endeavour to find out who his father is and it's all wrapped up in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, all, it's, it's horrible. Guys, fuck's horrible. sake. Like, this is a really important thing that people genuinely go through. Like, the whole adoption and fertility storyline is a really difficult one and they have touched upon it at times with the mothers fine on the surface you can you can leave that there but for someone who's going through that and then go yeah I'm not going to tell my parents and I'm going to run off and then I'm going to go and knock on a stranger's door and he's going to slam the door on my face all in the space of 45 seconds and you go and have a cry to your parents and then that's the end of the storyline yeah it's not good it's poor it's poor writing and I guess for me Dan my main question is do it properly or don't do it at all. And I think for Jackson, they could have done that at the beginning of the episode yeah. of the series. Don't do it in the last episode, in the last 15 minutes of the show. It doesn't really have that emotional connection. It's just like his story arc was sort of kicked in the corner and it's all right, guys, we've got bigger things to deal with here. But then conversely, they've gone, but also what do we do with him? Because he was such an important and big role in the first two seasons... I guess he's got to be in their fourth season. Mm. And I, I don't know. Like, 
I all found it very confusing for me. And I, I just I felt really disappointed that they they relegated and as you say kicked his storylines to the curb. I thought it was quite unfair. Mm. Um, and and with that, I guess a lot of these new storylines kind of going back to what you said before Dan a lot of these these new characters these new storylines they were shoved in and they were spewed out and I wonder whether as us the viewers would really going to be investing in new characters at that stage because you know yeah. they're only going to be there for eight episodes nine hours are we really going to care too much about a character who comes in and goes and that's where you've got to get the audience to invest uh, uh, you know in new characters and care about them uh, and that's that's all in the art of the writing but that's a tall order mm. when you've got this whole rich back catalogue which you've just axed overnight and then gone by the way all these new characters all new storylines forget about all these other ones all these other ones where they're working out their, their sexuality or they've got conflicts with other characters or they've got their own growing pains forget all that here's these new characters yeah. that you should be interested in and I wasn't you don't feel that investment because you've already spent three seasons being invested in the current cast I wanted that awkward alien was it bisexual or lesbian in the end girl yeah, I know the one you mean um, she wasn't in it at all she wasn't four. in it um I wanted her back in because I think she was a really interesting character mm. that she was a footnote at the beginning of the season and ended up like a big part to play in season two, I think. Uh, and season... Th yeah, was it season three as well where they did the play? Yeah. And, you know, like, fine, like, don't have to hang on to that, but what about all the other countless characters that mm. are popping up here and there in classes or in the corridors I have a quip and then the episode ends up focusing on them? We didn't have any of that and I just... I don't know. It. I'm really at odds with it because I I think there's no nice way to wrap up this series, and I don't I don't think I was satisfied. And I come to the mm. critics about what well, they said in a second. I'm not alone in this. I don't think I was satisfied the way it ended. I don't know how they could have ended though with Otis and Maeve because clearly it was never going to work. And for the reason that you say, Dan, she should never have stayed in more down, and nor should nor should she. But then what about all the other characters? I don't. I don't feel as though they had particular closure apart from mm. maybe Amy or Adam. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the gist of my issues come from. I just think it needs another series. Whether they eked out season three and continued and closed off those storylines in four and then did five years later in our time and then mm. did a another season a season four as we know it with new characters and some of the old ones I think that would personally work better Yeah, but perhaps the cast are getting older and it wouldn't have worked I don't know but I just think they had a whole season there that could have been fleshed out and it was rushed yeah now oh, was, was it Covid was it because there were why did people lose interest was it because I don't know they had a lot of stories to tell but not a lot of time I have no idea but I thought it was hugely popular mm. I can't see why it would be any of those reasons this this surely would have made money. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm perplexed down. I, I got to say I'm I wanted to enjoy it more. I just didn't have that wholesome feeling that I should have had, as I have at the end of season one, two, and three. Yeah. Oh, agreed. 
Uh, so talking of the critics' consensus, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the fourth series debuted with an approval rating of 91% based on 43 reviews. Yeah. The critical consensus reads, a sweetly emphatic, empathetic and inclusive as ever, sexual education's final season serves as a bittersweet, I agree. agreed, but largely satisfying farewell, disagree. Disagree, yeah. Uh, have you got any others there, Alex? Yeah, I had an interesting one that I um, I read from The Guardian. Um, Strapline is, Sex Education Final Season Review, One Long List of Frustrations. Oh, yeah. In this farewell, farewell series, the glorious, horny teenagers we knew and loved have become earnest bores who use therapy, speak, and exist mainly to tick boxes. What a mood killer. I think, I think that's really scathing and quite harsh. I don't quite agree. Um, the final series has moments mostly when it returns to the core cast and regains the confidence to let them do their still glorious alchemical thing together the rest is heavy going and the goodbye less painful than it should have been I don't know Every most of that I agree with I think the the goodbye was painful mm, it was. he read the letter and that was savage that was bittersweet harshly written but I think on the nose for me yeah Well, that's it from the critics' consensus. Let's go over to the listener. Uh, only one comment on the socials, mm. but we did get some on our polls, which we did last minute this afternoon. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, so first up, we've got Luke. He says, I've never watched an episode, but I can't wait for the ding-dan death count. This, <laughs> this is a new thing, right? So uh, if anyone listens to our favourite 90s films, Volume 2, my death count was pretty large. And I'm sad to say, Luke, it was only one. However, you need to go watch Sex Education. You do. It's really good. But if you've listened to this, you've already got spoilers for Season 4, so... Um, is there any need to? Is there any need to? That's a question. Uh, but we did a poll. So... Uh, I can't remember, quite remember what the question was. Um, are you Team Maeve or are you Team Ruby? And the bonus question was actually neither. They didn't need Otis and um, they could have done without him. Well, it was a draw across all the boards. Which is absolutely crazy because I thought it would be um, probably Maeve about. And yeah. it was actually quite close to Maeve and Ruby. We tallied up all of our polls across OTT and our both our personal accounts. Maeve got four. Ruby got four, and Otis being at all got four. But we've got some comments along with those. Oh, yeah. Uh, first up, we've got Dave. He said, Maeve is the obvious winner, but option three is a good call. Which, um, for clarity, is that actually you don't need to be an A-team because actually Otis didn't deserve either of them. And I, I'm somewhere in that camp. Mm. I would mean, love to see Otis and Ruby again because I think actually they had unfinished business. But perhaps... It just needs to, to be what it was. And actually, they've both outgrown him. Yep. Which I think it's a fair one. Uh, Tristan said, I'd say Ruby, but also feel like he was borderline at all. 100%. He, he ghosted her. He led her on. How about this as a as a, as a curveball? So Gemma didn't actually vote. Oh, she said, come on, Gemma. can we have another option? Neither. He was better off without both of them. Ah, so another option, which is actually, he's too good for them, perhaps. Not that she said that. Yeah, she said he's he's a very nice person, just wanted to help everyone. Mm. I mean, yes, you can have that. 
which I guess is a, a derivative of the third option. But we're all not perfect. You know, I'm going to probably overshare a little bit here. Oh. My first girlfriend, who I wasn't even really a serious girlfriend, to be honest, but I got this girl, um, lasted only two months. She'd been in a horrible previous relationship, couldn't trust men, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Well, broke not, up, but yes. Broke up with me and uh, for nine months sort of messed me around a little bit. And after those nine months, I got a little bit fed up. You know, I'm a teenage lad. I don't want to say I've got needs, but I was seeking a girlfriend that I could... Be uh, with? Be with, yeah. Try, that's it. Finishing my sentences, as always. Yeah. And I ghosted her, which is horrible. I look back now, self-reflecting, and actually, would older Dan do all that differently? Of course he would. Mm. He'd be like, hey, this isn't going to work, clearly. We both need to move on. Ghosting her was not the right thing to do. So No. But look, I was 19. 19, yeah. You know nothing at 19 19. Yeah, it's all life experience at the end of the day. There it is. And I, again, this is why I think that the series as a whole is really good for self-reflection and, and giving those kind of those moments of clarity. Um and I think it's a, it's a good kind of analogy to pull on Dan because actually all of these characters, none of them are perfect. All of them have their four flaws and their faults, and I think that's why, mm. albeit I don't agree with the direction of a lot of the character arcs, apart from the Groffs uh, and maybe a handful of others, um, I think they did a really good way of so showing that actually no one's perfect. Yeah, because it's true. We all make mistakes and we don't do things perhaps the way which we should do perhaps for others or for ourselves. Um, so, yeah. Been a good episode. Really good. Lots of soul searching. Um, a few personal stories in there. Well, why not? We're all friends here at OTT. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you want to overshare guys and girls and by all means... You can um, sit on the couch with us and you can tell us your stories anonymously or otherwise and um, it'd be good for you guys to to, to, to be in it and, and share those with us as well. Sling in a bonus episode? Yep. Why not? Look, we're not sex therapists here, um, but we'll do our best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Dan like, we never agreed this. Like, is this... <laughs> Are we now pivoting from what we've been doing to now sexual therapists? We'll be like, dear Deirdre, in the sun. Well, well, we already mentioned that paper. That's a scummy paper. Yeah, no, man, no. Yeah. But you remember dear Deirdre, right? I do. Do you remember those panels at the back with the the, the (laughs) semi-cartoon ones? Yeah. And they're stills. And it always ends up like a good-looking man with a sex sex pack yeah that'll do yeah yeah, yeah, and he's um he'll tell a story yeah and he's getting out of bed and then like the wife comes and says but but why don't you love me anymore and then he's like but i do but it's all about how i don't know it's really weird Mm. storylines how always it ends up she's the the one in the wrong or something it's they're really superficial stupid storylines but yet you read them like i want to read the comic at the back of of this this absolute <laughs> toilet paper rag, which of course it is. It is. I never touched it for a long, long time, nor shall I. Um, never again. Never again. Well, I used to work in a corner shop, so they were always there, accessible. I wouldn't buy it. I would just pick it up, go over my lunch, look have at a page three, and then, and then throw it back on the rack, <laughs> yeah. there you go. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So that wraps up. That is our review done. 
no more sex education until we perhaps a couple of years later go and binge watch seasons one to four and have a revisit see whether we change our minds I don't yeah. think I will though but you never know what's coming up next got a busy November by the looks of things yeah apparently we're giving um, sex advice <laughs> uh, I don't know how that's going to we'll go we'll do our best we uh, yeah maybe um, do, do, do you want to invite people to write no we don't no we Is, don't we want your thoughts on other things yes we do um, we've come up the Marvels the Marvels and Marvels so we're going back to our um, bread and butter so um, 35th films or something something like that um, Brie Larson Returns as Captain Captain Marvel yeah um, so we're going to have Monica Rambeau yes Monica. and Ms Marvel Ms Marvel so it's going to be The Marvels looks like they're teasing an incursion in the last trailer is that the X-Men I see apparently so um, I think that'd be good so we'll, uh, we'll do a review probably an on the go with that as well it's been getting good reviews from the critics despite the uh, toxic social media comments everyone hates Brie Larson I just don't get it I don't get it yeah. I think her writing, I think was well, she was failed at certain points in her solo outing, but she's a good actress. I mean, she, didn't she win an Oscar or an Academy Award? Yeah, she's, she's got she, acting chops. She's good. So all these simp's can fuck off. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna be doing that. Um, Loki. Yes, two. that wraps up when this episode drops. Yep. Um, so final episode. I'm quite interested. It's been a really good series. I feel like they've pulled it back a little bit this year yeah. with the Marvel content because, I mean, we've complained before, you know, there is um, sort of, I suppose, an exhaustion with superhero films. Oversaturation, for yes. sure. But to that point, we are also going to be doing a, a current state of, of affairs for Marvel and kind mm. of where they find themselves in this. It's a difficult time, I think, if you're Kevin Feige. There's been some challenging interviews around the MCU. So there's been one that I sent you the other week yeah. from Variety. IGN have also been quite scathing. So it's going to be interesting that we dive into this because, you know, of course, we've got Jonathan Majors as well. Where does that leave the MCU? Yeah. And it's conundrum. You put your, all in, your eggs in one basket. You want to try and do another Josh Brolin. And it looks like that's not going to be able to be feasible. Nope. So what do you do then? So, yeah, is Marvel in trouble? And perhaps that's the strap line, I don't know. An but, MCU heavy month, but hey, it's been a while. It has. So we'll, uh, we'll do that. And then I think we're running into the Christmas season. So we've we got are. our annual Christmas Day message. So you're whacking on at three o'clock, so to speak, um, and listen to us giving you our Christmas Day message with Dan dressed up as the king. Um, we've got our annual Christmas episode but yep. this time it's going to be award season OTT awards which is going to be great so we should probably get some polls out soon and yep. do short listings to see what our audience and listeners say yeah should be good that's uh, keep your eyes peeled on the social medias um, and then probably uh, what we're most looking forward to most anticipated 2024 one of my favourite annual episodes yeah so um, yeah it's going to be a busy one but we'll, uh, we'll get there. Yeah, we generally sort of dial it down as the year comes towards an end, but it's all good. Plenty to year. look forward to. Yeah. It's been a really um, busy period for us. It has. You came back from holiday after three weeks, and we've I think we've missed one week. Smashing all Smashing out. Smashing it. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to November. Yeah, it should be good. So if you're a Marvel fan, stay tuned. If you want to get involved, of course, 
Follow those socials. We're on Facebook, X, or formerly known as Twitter. Can't, can't get on Instagram, TikTok, uh, threads at on the topic pod, and we've got Gmail, which is on the topic on the topic podcast at gmail.com. He puts his teeth back in. Alex, we've got YouTube and WordPress. We do, yeah. On topic podcast.wordpress.com. That's our website. Go and have a look. Our whole back catalogue's on there. Uh, we've got our ugly mugs, our bios. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter, and every time we drop a new episode, you'll be notified, uh, and you can read some of the bonus content we've got on there as well, some from some past episodes. Uh, we've also got YouTube, so uh, we co-release uh, both the audio and the visual, so to speak, um, every Friday at midnight now. Yep. And some of you across the world are getting it and snapping that up as soon as you can because when I wake up in the morning I say Dan look at the figures uh, we've got some listens we've got some listens already which is fantastic so um, I'm glad we're catering for people perhaps in a different time zone and we do see you listening on YouTube and also uh, streaming on Spotify so yep. thank you for doing so and welcome aboard um, that is uh, O-T-T-G-I-T-S or you can um, search for On Topic Podcast and subscribe hit that notification bell and sit sit tight and wait for that episode, that juicy, time-relevant audio content to release. Mm. Um, perhaps put it on the background as you're cooking, or I don't know, if you're doing a bit of work, pop that YouTube on, stream us in the background, and go grab it wherever you listen to, to your podcasts. Yep, absolutely. And give us a review and a quick rating as well. It helps with the algorithms. It yes, gets please. us out there. It would be very nice. Thank yes. you very much. But that's it. That's it for another week. Um, just trying to figure out how I'm going to close this episode. Well, for another week, I'm going to go grab my light-up face mask, get some moisturiser on. Uh-huh. I've been Dan. Do some pampering, uh, and I'm going to write a. Um, I'm going to write you a very sad, heartfelt message, Dan, um, and call you a dickhead, and then <laughs> um, go off and enjoy myself off in America. Uh, I'm Alex. We'll see you next time. 